Breaking news today. I do have the cowbell with me. The board of directors of the Edmonton Elks football team has terminated the contracts of president and CEO Chris Presson, general manager Brock Sunderland, and head coach Jamie Elizondo, effective immediately. The Edmonton Elks cleaning house on this Monday morning, firing the president, the general manager, and the head coach. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Good morning, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. You are looking live inside the Great Western Brewery in beautiful Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, as Great Western's Original 16 brings you our coverage of the Tim Hortons curling trials along with Core Grain. And you're going to see, no, that's not where I am. That's where the moose is. And it's funny because I'm feeling so extra Canadian today even though I continue to broadcast from South Florida, we've got some big-time Canadian sports topics to get to, and why not bring in the moose right now? Darren DuPont is live at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon. And, Darren, how are they treating you there? You're not imbibing this early in the day, I would hope, uh, in Saskatoon, or are you? (laughs) Well, every day at 11 o'clock, I'm near the hospitality room. Every day at 11 a.m., in that room, about 30 feet from me, uh, they do a tasting every day. And they've they've Come on. they've made sure to tell me this is not them. They're not drinking here. They're just sampling, tasting. But they do it every single day to make sure that the the taste is right, the palate, everything, you know, all the flavors, that the consistency is there. There's like 15 or 16 people that are in there and taste it. So they're not drinking. They're just tasting. Um, not like you and I would go to a a wine tasting or beer tasting, and we'd have you know this much of each beer, and all of a sudden after 30 minutes you're feeling it. This is like teaspoons of just for flavor and stuff. But uh, so, well, it's how about that? Right how about that? Yeah. All right. That? Well, glad to have you. And uh, coming up on the program today from the Prince Albert Raiders, a San Jose Sharks prospect, Ozzy Weisblatt, going to be with us in hour one. He's supposed to be with us last week, but this massive storm that creamed Western Canada uh, derailed the Raiders' travel plans, blah, blah, blah. Ozzy couldn't be with us last week. He will be this week. And coming up in hour two to help preview the big Saskatchewan-Calgary CFL playoff game on Sunday, we have Danny Austin from the Calgary Sun. So that's going to be great. But can we please hit the quick six show horn uh, director, Gordon, because I can't wait. I can't wait to get into this. I've been on the phone all morning, people saying, I can't wait for your show today. The number one topic here today is... I'll just read the wire copy from yesterday. You all know what it is. The Edmonton Elks have cleaned house after a disappointing CFL season with president and CEO Chris Presson, general manager Brock Sunderland, and head coach Jamie Elizondo paying the price. The Elks announced it in the news release Monday. Team chairman Ian Murray said the board decided major changes are needed at the senior leadership level to, quote, rebuild the trust and confidence of Elks fans, season ticket holders, and the community, unquote. So here we are about... Let's say 23 hours after that decision yesterday, Darren, and not much is known more other than that Wally Buono is going to help lead the um, search for those guys' replacements. Talking with uh, a couple of Edmonton sponsors this morning, how about this? They weren't going to renew their sponsorship next year, but now they are. Just to give you a little bit of a taste of what was going on up in Edmonton with regards to this football team. Now, 3downnation.com had a list of 12 potential candidates to be the next general manager of the Edmonton Elks. And I want to get your take on this, Darren, because there were 12 great names. It really made me realize there's a lot of great football men 
in the CFL or just outside the CFL? Because Ed Hervey is one of the names that was mentioned on that list. Three guys who were not, Eric Tillman, Brendan Tamman, and Jim Barker, all three of which I've heard in connection to the Ottawa GM job. But you tell me this, aren't they putting the cart ahead of the horse? Don't they need to hire a president first? And for that, if I was the Edmonton football team, I would be hiring Lee Genier first, the former um, executive of the year of the National Lacrosse League, president of the Saskatchewan Rush. I think it was 20 years with the Calgary Stampeders in their front office and also with the Saskatchewan Rattlers of the CEBL where they won a championship in his first year in charge there. So you got to start with a president and then go from there. And then there are a lot of other things off this, but are you picking up what I'm putting down on that? Yeah, I am. I am. And I think, you know, I, I would support that. I, I, I like that. You do, the president comes first, I think, because the president wants to have his own GM and the GM wants to have his own coach and that's kind of the order. But when we're coming up with these lists and we're looking at all these names that, that are being, you know, put around, I think when it comes to the GM, it's just a more sexier conversation. It's a more exciting conversation because these are football people. We've heard these names before. For the most majority of the public, when we're talking about who might be the president of the football team, we're not going to be very familiar with these names on a national level. So it's not that sexy. Doesn't You know, you ask our audience, they're not going to have a lot of speculation about who might be the president, right? I mean, that's on you and me to come up with some names, and you put forward a good one in Lee. He's got a good track record. He wins everywhere he goes. So that's a good thing. Um, now, you know, the GM search, but that's where you get the sexy name and the, the football guys that we know. I mean, G Roy Simon's name was in there. Danny McManus's name was on that list. Chris Jones. So there's a lot of, you know, recognizable names where we can get some really great discussion, but I'm with you. They probably, even though we're having that discussion, got to wait for the president to be named first. Yeah, well, I'm sorry if it's not sexy names to CFL fans across the country. It's the most important position within the football team. It's going to be their most important hire because that's the guy or gal that sets the direction moving ahead. And that person will decide who the general manager is and probably be in concert with the head coach. But the other thing, talking with Edmonton football people is, I'll say it again, as I said yesterday, how confident are should we be that the right hire is going to be made? I guess that's why they handed it off to Wally. But Hugh Campbell ran that team for 30, 35 years. Before you were around, Darren, for the most part, the board didn't have to do anything because Hugh Campbell had it. And ever since Hugh Campbell got ousted, that team has really been rudderless. So, yeah, I mean, Hugh was everything. He was, ba- he, yeah. you say whatever you want, President G. He was all of those things in one guy. Who's the next Hugh Campbell? I don't think that's Chris Jones. I don't think that's, any of the names that we saw, but it needs to start with the president. And, and the other thing, by the way, yeah. somewhat rhetorical question here, but does Eddie Steele get hired back by 630 Ched, the official radio voice of the Edmonton Elks, because he got smoked for saying Brock Sutherland is the problem with this whole thing. On Monday, he was proven right. Do they go back and hire Eddie? Or should I have not pointed that out on Twitter moments ago? No, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought because now you wonder how, what the board of directors feels about Eddie in the comments, right, and, and making those comments. At the end of the day, you don't want your radio guy talking about the GM or talking about something in the, in the, you know, no matter if he's right or not in that situation. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Eddie should probably have a door open. I, I would think that. I mean, 
um, his place in the history of that football team. And with that, as a supporter and an analyst, I think that doesn't go away. And this actually, you know, removes, if there is any tarnish on his legacy, Eddie's, which I don't know that there is because he had a lot of support. This kind of removes that. He was right all along. Uh, which a lot of us knew. Uh, by the way, live on location at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon for Curling Canada's Olympic Trials presented by Core Grain. And the warm-up is brought to you by E. Cole Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. How about this? Trust me, we are getting to the NFL and the NHL, but first, I got to come to South Florida to feel so Canadian, Darren, because the number two point of my quick six show topics is Brad Jacobs meets Brad Gushu Tuesday afternoon and a battle of 3-0 rings at the Canada's Olympic Curling Trials. A women's round-robin draw is scheduled for tonight at SaskTel Center. But Matt Dunstone, I'm reading from wire copy here from the Canadian press. Matt Dunstone tried to keep his dissatisfaction in check as his winless team toiled through another loss Monday at Canada's Olympic Trials when he walked through a dark curtain near the end boards at SaskTel Center after a 10-3 defeat to Kevin Cooey. The frustration boiled over. Dunstone smacked his broom on the concrete floor so hard that the head flew off. The young skip then took a few questions from reporters, knowing the main theme would be that his 0-3 start left him a long shot to make the playoffs. The partisan crowd announced that 8,217 did its best to cheer on the lone Saskatchewan-based team in the field. You tell me, because you're live in Saskatoon to provide curling coverage of the Tim Hortons Canadian Trials. Is this the biggest story? And I would understand if it is. The team Dunstone, the local team, is 0-3, and their third went mysteriously missing. We still don't know the reason why Braden Muscoe, the guy that put this super team together, isn't there curling with them. Yeah, that's a tough one that Braden's not there. That that one sucks. Um, and they're missing him, obviously, because they're off to a bit of a slow start here. And there's not a lot of time to, to get it together. you got to play well right from the get-go. So it'll be interesting. Today's a big day. Tomorrow to get things back on track for, for Matt and his group. But yeah, it, it's a big story here in Saskatchewan, in Saskatoon, because he's the local guy. Obviously, you know, the two guys that are going to play this afternoon, the two Brads that are both 3-0, and that's a big story. Brad Gushu is a fan favorite everywhere he goes. And Brad Jacobs, um, you know, had a kind of a poor showing at the Briar. And this is kind of a bounce back for Brad Jacobs, who's one of the world's best. So, but, but Dunstone... Because he's Saskatchewan and people were excited about Saskatchewan having a chance, a real chance to represent Saskatchewan or Canada at the Olympics. So I, I think that's a bit of a shock and it's one of the big storylines, if not the biggest. Uh, more on that a little later on. Moving on to point three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in the win column. Tom Brady threw for 307 yards and two touchdowns as Tampa Bay beat the New York Giants. 30-10 to 10 on Monday night football, snapping a two-game losing skid. Daniel Jones threw a touchdown pass to left tackle Andrew Thomas, and the Giants stayed close for one half before unraveling. I won't get your take on this, Darren, other than to say a couple things. One, the Bucks were in control from kickoff to the final gun. The Giants, as it said, unraveled. The turnovers, penalties gave the game away. It was exactly the way we thought the game would go. The only problem for me is getting up this morning, notification on my phone from The Athletic. Buccaneers, officially Super Bowl favorites. I'm like, going into the game, it was Buccaneers hoping to avoid first three-game losing streak since 2002. So they win, and they're Super Bowl favorites. Stop. 
I'm going to move on to the NHL. You ready? Yeah, I mean, just stop. Or do you have you have a thought? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Well, they look pretty good. I watched the game. They look pretty good in the football game. That first drive was just surgical, and then they had a couple others. Tom was fired up, as Tom's been fired up when a couple things don't go his way. But it's tough because the NFL is so unpredictable. Like, I'm putting my top five together, and I'm hopefully we're going to have it for next hour. But it's it's so hard to do because teams that are in the top five lose and teams that are out win and there's not a lot of consistency, but that's what makes the NFL a lot of fun. Moving on to the NHL and I'll ask the guys, please keep us both up. If you don't mind, uh, Justin Falk scored his 1000, sorry, 100th career goal Boy, a thousand. Wouldn't that be some 100th career goal to cap a quick three goal outburst by St. Louis in the first period, and the Blues beat the Vegas Golden Knights 5-2 on Monday night. I don't know what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights, but it's becoming a concern, Moose. Elsewhere in San Jose, Alexander Barbanov scored 142 into overtime, and San Jose handed Carolina only its third loss of the season, 2-1. Alex Newhook, Team Canada fans know him, scored the go-ahead goal with 133 to go, sending Colorado past Ottawa 7-5. For the Avs, fifth straight win. Look out. Here comes Colorado. Jack Roslovic had two goals and an assist to lead the Columbus Blue Jackets past the Buffalo Sabres 7-4 on Monday night. Did you happen to see the photo moose of Cole Sillinger presenting a jersey to Dan Lebetard of the infamous no. Dan Lebetard show of ESPN? Yes. Uh, somebody tagged what? me and it showed me the photo. I guess... Cole has moved on and forgotten us little people. Is 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 Lebetard a big Sillinger fan? Or is I have no idea. If you if you go look up go look up Dan Lebetard on Twitter, you'll see a photo of him holding up a Cole Sillinger jersey. And I think Cole might have been in studio with him. How about that? We need to get to the bottom of it. Um Yakov Trenin scored the tie-breaking goal at 12-10 of the third period and had an assist in Nashville's 3-2 victory over Anaheim. And finally, Danton Heinen scored the go-ahead goal early in the third period, and Tristan Jari allowed one goal after back-to-back shutouts to lead Pittsburgh over Winnipeg 3-1 at Canada Life Center. Dominic Toninato scored in the first period, but that was it for the Jets as Jari finished with 30 saves after posting shutouts at Montreal and Toronto in the first two games of Pittsburgh's three-game Canadian swing. Jason Zucker and Jake Gensel also scored for the Penguins, whose perfect road trip followed a three-game skid. Connor Hellebuck stopped 33 shots for Winnipeg in a losing cause. It's their third loss in a row, and the Jets now 7-2-1 at home. I'm going to pause there for a second. We do have a couple minutes left in this segment. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals releasing Chris Streveler. We're going to talk about the Saskatchewan Huskies getting ready for the uh, UTEC Bowl. And some of a trio of their players were recognized by Canada West U Sports. But let's just say this about the National Hockey League, because for the Canadians that don't know, and I think people should u.s thanksgiving is thursday and the rule of thumb darren that's always been the thing in the national hockey league that i know of and my dad worked in it for 26 years is u.s thanksgiving is like the cutoff line where you know what you have or you don't have so this just this is like your team the maple leafs have you formulated what they are do they need anything do you feel that as we approach thanksgiving a couple of days from now they are who they who you thought they were. Well, yeah, I think they've been trending in the right direction. You know, I think what we've what we've lost 
in the last couple of seasons is clearly identified roles. I think that was always missing. You know, um, it just felt like everybody would sit back and say, oh, these guys are so good. You know, the Marners, the Matthews, the Nylanders, the Taveras, that they're going to do the scoring and we're just going to play. And you don't really have, you know, you wonder what the bottom six is doing, right? There's no purpose there. But I think we're starting to see that a little bit. You're starting to see some energy from the bottom six. You know, it, it seems like the back end settled in. Um, if Jack Campbell can be, you know, a real number one and play well night in and night out, they're going to be okay. I think we're starting to see that identity. The top, you know, six is becoming the top six. We're starting to see, the you know, a little bit more identity in the bottom six. So, you know, yeah, I think we're starting to see where the Leafs are at. And I think this is, it's pretty positive. I, at least I'm, I'm always positive and optimistic, but I'm pretty okay with where they're at. Well, that's my point. When I said the avalanche here, like, look out. Here come the Avs. They're now on a long, a lengthy yes. uh, winning streak. How long before they're tops in the Central Division, which we thought that they would be. And I thought Vegas would be running away with the Pacific Division, and they're nowhere close. Well, so at what time that makes me wonder uh, about those fans teams. Get... Yeah, Vegas and the Islanders. We talked about the Islanders yesterday and Vegas. Are they, is this who these teams are? Yeah. We don't want to accept that because it's so early, but it's U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, Vegas didn't go 13 straight on the road like the Islanders did. They don't really have an excuse. So when we come back, we'll get into the viewer uh, comments. Of course, the comment of the week, we'll get a $50 gift card from Taco Time. But I'll uh, turn it to the streets, Moose, and see what they have to say when we come back. We'll get into this Arizona Cardinals, Chris Strebler situation. Uh, CFL playoff weekend is at hand. More on who the viewers think should be running the Edmonton Elks. And are you happy with your... NHL team as we approach U.S. Thanksgiving. You are watching the RP Show live from the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon with Moose and me in South Florida on Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. <laughs> 